Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you're part owner. Member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. And for today's Every Day is Earth Day, during Earth Week, we have a special guest, and that is Jane Dow. Jane Dow's been a guest in the past talking about recycling. She's with Mankato Zero Waste. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to have you on. You've been a part of the recycling and environmental cause for quite some time, haven't you? Yeah, probably about 10 years. Okay, so what got you started? Uh, just a desire to see a clean environment and healthy people on the earth. Uh, we come to a process now where... Uh, well, from what I understand, we're putting so many chemicals into our environment, and a majority of that is plastic, that is causing a um, serious threat to our ecosystem. And a lot of alarm bells are going off with different scientists and doctors warning us we have to stop producing throwaway plastic. So that's become my mission. <laughs> that's your mission. Did you work in the field at all ever? No, I did not. You didn't? I so just started after I retired. I started, uh, Betty Winkworth and I and Katie Wartell started this Mankato Zero Waste Group, and we started the organic recycling, and now we've branched out after I took two courses at Bennington College for, in Vermont with Judith Inc., who is the former EPA administrator. She is an excellent teacher, and I took two series of courses, and I learned all about plastic pollution, and it was so alarming, and I thought, people don't realize what's going on with plastic pollution, so... I sort of made that my mission to try to educate people. What did you do prior to being I worked at the post office. Oh, you did? You were a post office. Okay. And then you said, I'm going to take care of the environment now. Oh, yep. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you have any statistics or anything about how significant the plastics problem is? Oh, gosh. I've got tons of statistics. <laughs> What's something that people might be able to relate to? Um, okay. They just did a recent study uh, measuring the amount of plastic in the ocean. It's 171 trillion particles of plastic, and that's just in the northern oceans. And when they look at what it's doing to the fish, the mammals, and the um, and the birds uh, around that area, it's killing 100 million birds a year and a thousand turtles a year because they're ingesting these plastics, and um, it's interfering with their digestion. And they're also getting caught in the netting, which is a huge pollutant of the sea. And it's even affecting the phytoplankton and the plankton of the sea, which are the bottom of the food chain. And when those are the little teeny microscopic animals and plants that everything feeds on, interfering with their functioning. So the health of our oceans is in serious jeopardy. They say by 2025 there will be one pound of uh, plastic for every three pounds of fish. And if we don't stop putting that into the ocean, there will be more plastic than fish by 2050. Wow. Is there a, a time when it started to become more prevalent? I mean, way back when plastic was first 
came out, I don't think we really thought much about it because it wasn't very prevalent. And now it's just a, a fact of life. There's plastic everywhere. So was there a certain tipping point where it became a problem? There was in the last 15 years. Oh, it has well, been. So we've been producing plastic from the 1950s on. But just in the last 15 years, the um, acceleration of the throwaway plastic th- packaging that, we're use- that we are producing has doubled from from that beginning of time. So it's accelerating fast, and the plastic industries are now focusing on producing plastic that's throwaway because they're losing their market in renewable energy and um, you know fossil fuels for vehicles. So. Uh, this is their new focus, and it's extremely detrimental to the environment and to our health. Haven't some tried to improve by making compostable plastics? It seems like you hear about that. Yes, it will. There's, th- we need laws because everybody's jumping on the bandwagon now. There are compostable products that are safe, that are just made out of corn and sugar and different starches. But there's a lot of greenwashing that's going on with companies saying, oh, let's get on the bandwagon. We'll say our, our products are compostable. And then you look at the fine print, and there's there's some plant base in it. They'll say, we have plant-based materials, but there's also plastic in it. Mm. So you can't compost it, and it contaminates the compost sites, the facilities. And some of them get so disgusted because of this greenwashing that they just stop accepting um, any kind of compostables, even the ones that are okay. So if you're going to use compostables, you have to make sure that they're BPI certified. It's an organization that tests the products to make sure that they they actually break down completely in a harmless way and that they break down in a reasonable amount of time. Okay, so how many things are now actually BPI? Well, there are quite a few. There's well, there are. there's uh, Eco Earth, Eco Centric, World Centric, Green Stripe. There's about if you look online. Well, we actually, if you look on our website, Mankato Zero Waste, we have a list of online um, compostable products and where to get them that are BPI certified. Let's talk a little bit about the plastics then, because I know Mankato Zero Waste. You have been accepting plastics for a number of years, correct? Yeah. When did you start that? Plastics recycling program. Well, we are doing the TREX program. TREX. What yeah. is, talk about what that is. TREX program is something that was set up to take care of all the plastics that you can't put in your regular recycling. In your regular recycling, you can only put numbers one, two, and five. Which are generally things like, like milk jugs and... Right. Any beverage, water, beverage, um, milk, some containers, a lot of like uh, produce containers and food containers. If you look at the bottom of the product you'll see a little triangle, and it'll say one, two, and five. Those are the numbers that you can Yeah, can and those are the only recycle. ones that you can recycle. But here's the problem with these, is that they, they, um, they contain very bad chemicals. Uh, for instance, PET number one, which is what we use for bottled water, has a very high number of microplastics in the, in the, wa- in the bottles. So you're drinking a lot of microplastics, which are harmful to us. And it also has um, phthalates and bisphenols, which are chemicals that have been connected to a lot of health problems because they're hormone-disrupting chemicals. Now, is that what they call when you, you get a uh, plastic, they say BPF-free or whatever that... BPA. BPA-free, right. is that something you should look for then? Well, the problem is that even the BPA-free, the, the um, chemical companies replaced it with two other oh. chemicals, BPS and BPT, or BPF, 
which are similar and you know they're just they're not BPA but they're harmful they're just as harmful as the BPA so a lot of times if they're told they can't use one chemical they just substitute another that's equally bad I had a listener just text us it says why are petroleum companies not held accountable to recycle their waste and that's a very good question okay. and right now we are trying to hold them accountable there is uh um, there are a whole bunch of bills circulating in different states, and hopefully uh, there's also a federal bill called Break Free from Plastic, and the state bills are all um, called Extended Producer Responsibility or Packaging Reduction Bills, and they would hold producers of, of plastic responsible for what they put out. And how it would work is they would have to join a nonprofit organization that would manage and, manage and supervise them, they would have to pay a fee dependent on how recyclable their material is and how sustainable their packaging is and also how little they use. So in other words, if they use excessive packaging, they have to pay a very high fee for how much they use. If they use very little packaging, a very small fee. And then the same with um, what kind of material they use. If they use compostable or reusable or refillable systems, they pay next to nothing for a fee. If they use plastic, which is hazardous, and styrofoam, which is horrible, then they then they um, have to pay a higher fee. So it incentivizes them to reduce their waste and to have more eco-friendly packaging. And on top of that, that some of that money that comes from the fee is used for grants to help them redesign their packaging to make it more sustainable. So these are all very important bills. But they're just bills right now. They're bills. Well, they're actually four states have have passed bills, oh. EPR bills. And there are about 12 more circulating right now that hopefully we'll get in. We have one in Minnesota, but it's it's been shelved until next year because oh. of the um, we're still uh, trying to work out. We want to have a ban on toxic chemicals, a list of toxic chemicals that have to be banned and replaced with harmless chemicals in the bill. And that's still a point of contention. So why, why is that a point of contention? It seems like it just should be obvious, yeah. obvious, but to be me, but because the uh, people who create these bills say we won't be able to get them passed because of the the power of the lobby groups. Oh. So you have to fight. You have to get enough groundswell people saying no. We have to do it this way um, to have the political will to to push past the power that the lobbyists have. So, Jane, what can people do? They're hearing this and they're saying, well, you know, it makes sense to me. Why don't we do something? How can we do something? Well, there's so much. I think I concentrate on the legislative pieces because if we don't have that, it's not, you know, it's good for us to not use plastic. Right. And it's good for us to figure out ways to stop, say no to plastic straws and utensils and use compostable or reusable. But that's, we need a level of, of um, law that, makes it that enforces it because otherwise the paradigm shift is going to take forever and we don't have forever we have probably 10 years to get this all in order so um, the legislative pieces are very important and right now um, it's really important to um, contact your legislator tell them you want a packaging packaging re reduction bill that actually is effective and they can people can go to the website beyondplastics.org and you will find out what the 10 most effective principles are in an EPR bill because some of the bills that are being introduced are very watered down and will not be effective. So you have to tell your legislators um, 
you have to have these points in your bill, and one is banning the toxic chemicals. You mentioned there's several states that already have something in place. Yeah. Do you know which ones they are, and is it effective? Yeah. Maine, Maryland, Colorado, and um, Oregon. Okay. And they are somewhat effective. Um, there's st- still some loopholes, and, uh, you know, they could be better, but they're they're a good start, let's put it that way. And they may have to be revised down the road. So that may be a, a looking point for, uh, for, people, to, for yeah. people to at least have a starting point to say, well, why, they're doing that. Why can't we do that? Right, exactly. Let's talk about you have an event coming up, and you just said that styrofoam is horrible. So there is a styrofoam, <laughs> which is a brand name, by the way. Yes, for, for polystyrene. Yeah, which is a type of... It's usually white, isn't it? Colored yeah. and there's pink. Is there pink stuff? There's there's pink and there's blue. There's different colors. Yeah. But basically, they're they're usually white. And styrofoam is one of those things that just basically stays in the earth forever. Is there a way? I mean, to break that stuff down? Well, it depends. If it's in an environment where it's exposed to the to the um, air, it it can break down in 500 years. Oh wow! But if it's in a landfill, it could take up to a million years to break down. Wow. And the problem with it, with styrofoam, is probably the most offensive of all, of all the plastics in some ways because it's made up of benzene and styrene, which are two liquid plastics that are very toxic. In fact, they've been labeled as um, ha- hazardous substances and banned in 71 countries and 11 states now. So the people are recognizing that it's really harming our environment. And the problem is that styrene and benzene are both hormone disruptors, just like all the other chemicals in, in other plastics. They interfere with our um, some of our hormones' abilities to function, to maintain health in our, in our bodies. For instance, styrene um, interferes with the thyroid hormone, and the thyroid gland releases that hormone, which is very important in brain fun- function. So if you have a, a, chemi- a chemical like styrene that that hooks onto the hormone and messes up its messaging system, that can really uh, interfere with your brain function. Have they actually scientifically scientifically linked any health issues to some of these styrenes and benzenes and those sorts yeah, of things? Yeah, for sure. So they have. So what, what are some examples of things that maybe we've seen more of because of the, the uh, existence of these sorts of things? Okay, well, with, with styrene and benzene, styrene... Um, it, it also interferes with the reproductive organs mm. from the adrenal gland, so it can cause um, damaged uh, sperm, lower ferti- fertility, child um, miscarriages, uh, stillbirths, and genetic damage, as well as lower, or I did say lower fertil- fertility, and cancers, lymphoma, lymphoma, oh, really? and leukemia are associated with that. Because have those increased since the they have introduction of these sorts of yes things? and. The well, and and then benzene uh, damages the white blood cells and the red blood cells, so they cause anemia from damaging red blood cells and immune damage from white blood cells. But the two that are that we hear about most right now are the phthalates and the bisphenols, yeah. which are in all plastics. They're called the everywhere chemicals. And, and what are they exactly? And what do they do? They are hormone disruptors. They are hormone. Okay. And th- there are three doctors now whose webinars I've listened to. Two of them were pediatricians, and one of them is an epidemiologist and pediatrician. And they have connected uh, those two most offensive chemicals with childhood uh, early puberty, uh, childhood obesity, um, uh, diabetes, 
and cancers, which they didn't see before. They also are connecting them with an increase in autism and ADHD. Uh, and one scientist said that from what they can see with the way hormones, these hormone disruptors interfere with the brain function, by 2045, we could have one out of two children born with some stage of some spectrum of autism if we don't stop the consumption, the high consumption of these plastic chemicals. Well, the number now is one in in 36. And I remember, I have a son who was on the autism spectrum. And I remember back in 2009, I think it was one in 150. Uh, well, and they've, they definitely, they've done research on human tissue and animal studies, and they've definitely made a connection. And there's an institute for pollution of, it's called IPIN, Institute uh, for Pollutant Elimination. They have just a 56-page report on each chemical and what it what it's doing, um, and how it's been connected with with different uh, problems. and And cancer is a, another problem: breast cancer, uh, testicular cancer, prostate cancer. Those are definitely connected to the hormone disruptors that interfere with the reproductive system. Of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, years ago, if they would have maybe known this, they would have said, well, let's think of something different. But at the time, it was a quick, easy fix for some problem. Yeah. And the, the well, probably what you read about most in the news right now is PFAS, because Jeff Brand, who is our representative in North Mankato, introduced a bill to ban PFAS except for essential use. And PFAS is the DuPont and uh, 3M chemical that was used as a uh, oil and water resistant film that was uh, put in on cookware, on Teflon, on firefighting foam, on sportswear and um, rainwear. And it's actually in almost every product that we, that we come in contact with. And they discovered that it was causing cancer in the areas where the water with wow. the contaminant was released. Which is in it's kind of we're kind of a hot spot with that because it's um, in Minnesota, east of St. Paul and north, the area of Oakdale and Lake Elmo and a couple of other places up there. There is it's in the it's highlighted because it's become a huge issue and cities are suing them for the damage that's been done. And there's this one girl who who got this very fast growing cancer from PFAS in the water in her school which was very close to the discharge, and she just died Sunday from the cancer. And she was 21. She battled it for years, but they just couldn't stop it. It was so aggressive. What and was the source of these PFAS? It it's comes from the chemicals that they use in 3M and DuPont. For, oh, so those are the factories up yeah, there then? Yeah. Okay. And it, they discharged it into the water, and then also they put it sealed in in barrels that they put in landfills, and then it seeped out. So there's there's a lot of cancer. Her school has a very high incidence of cancer from PFAS. And Jeff Brand took up the cause with that. And so people need to, this is a really important, it's really present right now in, in, in legislatures going through the Senate. So they need, you need to contact, contact and, and let them know. And say, don't, uh, they're trying to, to water it down. The lobbyists are all descending now saying, well, this makes some exceptions, you know, for non-essential use. No, we can't do that. We have to hold st strong with this because it's a very toxic chemical. Isn't that kind of the, the issue? Sometimes they can say, we passed this, but as you mentioned, it's all watered down, so it isn't really doing what you had hoped. Yeah, it's like you go through all the work and then you there's no effect. So it, people need to really 
um, contact their their senators right now. Well, let's talk about on Earth Day. You are having a special free Earth Day event of recycling styrofoam. And you have styrofoam can be litter, landfill, or lunch because they show a polar bear with a <laughs> with a piece of styrofoam in his which mouth, is, which can't be good for him. No, it isn't funny, but it's a funny picture. That is this Saturday, April 22nd. Starts at 9 in the morning and goes until 2 o'clock. And that will be at the Mankato Public Works Center that's at 501 South Victory Drive. And you have a rain date, so I don't know if it's going to rain, but does that is that because... You shouldn't collect it in the rain, or what's the... We just thought if it was too rainy, it would be kind of complicated. It would get all wet. Oh. But um, I think we're, we're decided to go through, we're through with it because we the latest uh, weather report we got said that it's not going to rain. So It's just going to be cloudy and windy. Yeah, <laughs> windy look. is a problem, but th- that we can deal with that. All right, so the, this, this Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Mankato Public Works Center on Victory Drive, and the thing is, and we talked about this before we went on the air, is sometimes it's so confusing about what to recycle, what's okay, what's not, that sometimes people just don't have a clue and they say, I don't know, because we in Mankato can recycle stretchy plastic. And I remember just putting everything plastic when I first started doing this in the plastics recycle bag. And at our church, we have one of those centers where you can submit them. And they're like, no, you can't put this Doritos bag in because... It's plastic, but it's not the right kind of plastic. So how do you know? And even in the styrofoam, you know, to me, styrofoam is styrofoam, but you've got there's certain kinds accepted, certain kinds not accepted. Do you want to talk a little bit about what sure. the difference is and how do I know? Yeah. It, the only thing that they will accept uh, at this event tomorrow that can be sent with the Mayflower to Hutchinson is the rigid styrofoam that's white. And... Is yeah. that often used in styrofoam for walls or something for insulation? Yes, and insulation and appliances to pack when you get large appliances. Like a TV or something? Yeah, it, you'll find that styrofoam and some packaging of boxes. And coolers, I see they have one of those styrofoam coolers that I've seen too, foam coolers. But I know we just got a TV not that long ago and it had just an, an insane amount of, of styrofoam packaging yeah, in it. And I'm assuming in, because it breaks easily otherwise. Right. And you know, there's there are substitutes for styrofoam packaging. You can use paper, you can use peanuts that are made out of compostable material. So there's no need for all that styrofoam. 30% of the landfill is is styrofoam and it leaks out and gets in our drinking water and and causes cardiovascular, kidney and and, uh, liver damage. Um, And it's just a very toxic we don't need to be using it. Well, what is in styrofoam that makes it so harmful? It's the benzene and the styrene. Same, okay. And when they when they break down, they even damage the ozone layer. So we've got that on top of that. But the, and the ben, as I said before, the benzene interferes with our, our blood cells. And it, here's, I know people can't on the radio can't see this, but the latest study on the amount of styrene that's gotten into our bodies, they've done blood samples on people. And um, this is the result. The yellow line is the styrene that was found in people's blood. So, so a significant amount. It's, a, it's about half of the, of the concentration. The other highest percentage of plastic pollution in our blood is from polyethylene, which is the bottles, obviously the water bottles and the beverage bottles and the, you know, all that stuff, the milk bottles and are, the laundry bottles. Are we getting that when we drink the milk or the water in there, or is it after they've been thrown away and are sometime in the soil and go in the water. It's it's both. It's both. Yeah. We're getting it at double dose. 
because it 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 seeps, especially with styrofoam. The reason that that's being banned first is because it so quickly leaches into the liquid that's inside of it, and if you heat it, you know, if you have like coffee, which is most people drink coffee and tea, mm-hmm. the hot liquids uh, accelerate the leaching of those toxins into the cup, so you're drinking it, and then when it gets into the environment. You're breathing it when it uh, evaporates into the air, and it gets into all of our drinking water. So we're just getting it everywhere, and it's just we need to stop. <laughs> so this recycle event is for styrofoam. This this today. Yeah, that's for this, styrofoam. But there's some things that are not accepted, which to me would be I would consider styrofoam. Things like plates and cups, which so many people use as a quick, easy thing. Like, well, I'm just going to have a party. I'm going to get these styrofoam or plates or whatever, and then they just throw them away or cups a lot of times for coffee. So the things not accepted include the styrofoam plates, cups, takeout boxes, meat trays, so the things you get at the grocery store, colored styrofoam, so like the pink or whatever colors, and also packaging with tape or labels. So right. if you have something that maybe would qualify, you maybe take the take tape. Take the tape, yeah, the label off. Yeah, they, they, do, they can't accept anything that's not clean because it's not, they can't clean it. Oh, they can't. Okay. So, what do they do with this then? This the styrofoam because it, it's not like it's really is it recyclable? <laughs> well, it isn't recyclable. That's the whole problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the only very very few places will take it. Okay. Because um, it's mostly air, and so it's not worth the recycling oh. centers trying to deal with it. You know, you have to have a huge quantity. So if you have a huge quantity and you take it to this Hutchinson facility. They, they will make it into picture frames, and then they sell the picture frames. Well, the thing is, that's nice stopgap, but where is it going to end up after you throw that away? It's going to end up in the environment. So the, the whole idea here is to stop using it. <laughs> okay, so encouraging folks. And you say, um, I was reading your, your news release, uh, Mankato Waste, Zero Waste is sponsoring this and the Beyond Plastics volunteers who are staffing the event. And the semi-truck was donated by the Mayflower Cato Moving and Storage, and that will be at the... PWC Public Works Center. The Public Works Center from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday to collect the styrofoam, and then they're transporting uh, it to a recycling facility in Hutchinson, and then they'll, as you mentioned, they'll reshape it into dense logs used for manufacturing picture frames. So it's sort of being recyclable, like you said. When does it? It's still where there. does it end up? Yeah, and, yeah. and it says genuine recycling of styrofoam is less than nine percent a year, but this is an opportunity to do that. So if you want to at least maybe keep it out of the landfill and use it for something. I guess it's something. Yeah. Uh, w- one thing we didn't mention was you can bring your packing peanuts if they're oh. in a bag. It's just not nothing that's contaminated with food, but packing peanuts. Packaging. You know, there's peanuts now that are made of, is it cornstarch or something? Yep. And um, because I think I've had some like that, and then if they get wet, they just immediately just disappear. Yeah, they're they're much much better substitute for. Do they have any styrofoam. plastics in them, or are they? No, they don't. Okay, so if you're going to get those, are they more expensive? Is what is which? Oh, is, I imagine they are. So most of those <laughs> things are. That's another thing is we have to get funding to make to put it. Well, we need to put a fee on things that are detrimental to the environment because the health costs are down the road, and um, obviously that. They're much more expensive than they're supposed than they're put out to be now, and then we have to try to get grants to subsidize uh, healthy environmental materials instead. So, let's talk about plastics. What can we recycle and what can't we? And where can we recycle it? Because that's a big, big, big problem. Yeah, that's true. And do 
do some grocery stores still accept the plastic bags that they're yes cups so okay the Trex program the are you you see the bin the box in in the entryway of all the grocery stores as well as Target and Walmart okay I'm not sure about Kohl's they might too the big box stores a lot of them do they're in the customer service in those in those stores but in the grocery stores they're right in the entryways just as you go in the door and with that you can recycle any bag that's not crinkly like the potato chip bags sure as long as it's kind of soft and you can a little bit stretchy so that includes things like grocery bags newspaper bags ice bags cereal uh, dry box. cleaning bags cereal box bags and um, ziploc bags which is really nice to be able to recycle those but then I might add right now that there are some compostable Ziploc bags that you can get at Target. Okay. They're called Matter. Oh. So you can replace your plastic bags with those. And they also have trash bags at um, Matter that are compostable that are pretty sturdy. So I've been using those for my trash and uh, my compostables both. So um, there are alternatives out there in our own community which you can use. And I would look for that brand particularly because it's a good one. And Trex is a company makes furniture out of yes, these. They, I know well, church, no, they make decking actually. Decking. Okay. So outside materials. I know our church had a bench made from all the recyclables that people brought in the, the plastics. Right. And find, you know, got our bench and it's out there. So it's neat. So you feel like good, like you've done something, but again, it'll end up in the, it's end up in the landfill at some point too. <laughs> yeah. But for the time being, it's, I guess. Yeah. It's, it can be recycled. It's, if you collect 500 pounds, which isn't that hard to collect, you can um, get a free bench, but they don't normally make them into benches. They just do that as a benefit for oh. people to collect. Okay. Well, they I'm, use it for the decking usually. Okay. So. Well, I hope that you get a good turnout. It is Earth Day, and even if the weather's going to be bad, go through your house, maybe look for some of those styrofoam things. Maybe you still haven't thrown them out from Christmas or something from those boxes. And, and as she mentioned, it's generally the white styrofoam that's packaging from computers, furniture, appliances, and uncoated white insulation sheets and packing peanuts if you have them in a bag or something, so they're not blowing all over. So hopefully people can take advantage. Again, that's this Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Just drive up, I assume? Yeah, we'll it's have a, signs. Okay, because I was going to say, where do you go? At Mankato Public Works Center, 501 South Victory Drive. Is this something you just started? Is this the first time for this? Yeah, this is the first time. We'll see how it goes. Okay. But it is mainly to, to explain to people the hazards of styrofoam. We get out the message. But I would like to encourage people to go to beyondplastics.org and Mankato Zero Waste because beyondplastics.org has great um, legislative, legislative pieces and information about what you can do. And we do as well, actions you can take personal and legislative on our website. That's good to know. Thank you. We've been chatting with Jane Dow, who has been a advocate for recycling and reusing, et cetera, many, many years with Mankato Zero Waste. Thank you, Jane, for your information. Anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Yeah, I'd like to thank you and the cities of North Mankato, Mankato, and Lake Crystal, and, and um, Mayflower for helping us do this event. Very good. Well, I hope a lot of folks come out and we'll uh, do, what, do what's right. Me too. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you're part owner. Member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. 
With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.